This episode is sponsored by Kangaroo Jack Fitness. Personal training that goes above and beyond to get the best results for you. I don't know what the opposite of woes is. Not, not woes. <laughs> <laughs> what a linguist. What a linguist. Absolute, absolute bloody... Yeah. I'm basic, An absolute wordsmith. Basically Shakespeare. sort of a mixture of a Premier League review and preview for you. Alan Tom join us. Alan, how you doing? Bonjour, very good. Bonjour. He's gone for the French one. And Tom, how you doing? I'm great. I couldn't think of another language quick enough. <laughs> Someone voted for Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> it's my country, I'll speak like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start it off with some of the biggest games of the weekend, which ended up happening on Derby Day Sunday. Arsenal 4, Spurs 2. Ryan's obviously not on the podcast, um, but he has a few words that he wants us to say later. But a massive win for Arsenal and Emery's first win in his first North London derby. Alan, how do you think he did? Good. Surprisingly good. Surprising for me. I was I was quite hungover uh, at this game and I fell asleep to two on Spurs. Um, woke up to some confusion to see 4-2 um, Arsenal. But no, no, I did watch it back later. Um, and yeah, wow. There was a lot going on in that match. Fantastic result for Emery. Not something I thought was going to happen going into that game. It's mental. So they still haven't led a game at half-time. They'd be in... second bottom, wouldn't they? Yeah. If if the all the games ended at half-time. Which... <laughs> That's mental. Yet, I think Aubameyang, now with his goal in the second half, I now think he puts up to nine second-half goals for Arsenal. Ten for the season... Probably a man who's very happy about that is Tom Coley on the other end of the phone. You said that he was going to be top scorer this season. <laughs> I wonder where that, where that was going. That. Someone who's very happy with the Tottenham loss. Okay. Uh, I was really surprised. I, I, I turned up at half-time and um, I thought Tottenham looked relatively comfortable at 2-1. So to see the final score of 4-2, I was really surprised. Um, but I, I, I pulled up some, well, I saw a few interesting stats as well about the, the game you mentioned about um, the hat. Uh, leading at half time. The last time Arsenal won a North London derby after trailing at half time was in September 2007. So it's been a long time coming, perhaps as well. But yeah, that was a proper derby game, though, with the the ferocity of the uh, you know, obviously two penalties, but also there was a clash with the benches as well, and Pochettino uh, <laughs> running down the line to try and defuse the situation as well. Uh, I thought it was quite entertaining, but um, yeah, fair play to Arsenal. I thought they performed really well. I think actually going forward, um, they've got some really, really talented attacking players. Abami has had a good game, but Lacazette, I thought, played very, very well as well. Um, and I was right. I did say Kane would score, so I'm at least pleased with that. But uh, apart from that, I think T- Tottenham probably got to be pretty disappointed from being in such a strong position um, to lose 4-2 at the Emirates. What are your thoughts on the penalty, though? I mean, Kane scored from perhaps a questionably awarded 
the thing is, it's it's one of those things that as soon as Son cuts back inside, mm. a- any sort of lunge or any sort of foot out is most likely going to be awarded a penalty. Yeah, we even even if there's no contact, yeah. you shouldn't be swinging. I guess, exactly. But... but as soon as he'd cut back, and I'm not sure who it was, flew into the tackle, you thought Mike Dean really fancies giving another penalty in this game. Yeah. And he did. He gave two. And as always, we go to Duncan Alexander, the man who's got statistics coming out of every orifice in his body. Mike Dean's awarded 145 penalties in the Premier League. That's 6.2% of all penalties in Premier League history. <laughs> He's a workhorse. Those are great stats and ones we can all hope to live up to. <laughs> Sunday league managers, uh, Sunday league referees up and down the country, you, you take note of that and up your numbers. Oh, God, please don't. Just let keep football to a normal game. But, but I, it was good to see Arsenal with a bit of a bit of guile and a bit of steel, though, wasn't it? I mean, that's obviously the thing that's been levelled against Arsenal in the past. They're just a bit of a soft touch. They're definitely not a soft touch anymore. Like, with Torreira... You know, he had mad dog eyes at some points during that game, and 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 the rest of the team were well up for it. Bellerin was uh, certainly getting his um, North London geezer out as well. Um, North London geezer out sounds like he got his penis yeah. on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't get to see it. It's very classy. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, no, Arsenal have. That's. I mean, Tom mentioned the last time they won. Uh, North London derby since training. That's the first time I've seen Arsenal in a London derby really look up for it in a while. Mm. Um, they've been smacked around a few times over the last few years by an up-and-coming Tottenham side. And the fact that Emery's managed to go now 18 games unbeaten in all competitions and put Tottenham to the sword in that second half, mm. I think shows that they aren't as bad as people have, have got them down for. Because I think still people don't rate them. No, no, well, I was quite quit, uh, critical of that run at the time because I think it was, said it was basically being played against slightly lower level teams. And to be fairness, uh, for the first ten or so of those games, it was against sort of slightly lesser opposition. And yes, I know again West Ham was in that run, <laughs> um, but but now that includes a draw against Liverpool plus this result at the weekend shows they've yeah, it's not all. I'm less sceptical of that run as I was. They're playing very well. Tom, do you think it's Arsenal's year to finish above Spurs after this result, seeing both those two teams play? Uh, I think I think there, there's. I think this is probably the best chance they've had in a long time. Uh, I think they've got so many options in attack now. Um, there's not one big focal point, which is great for them. They they have the opportunity to where Aubameyang can have a good game, and, and you don't need Lacazette uh, to score. But um, so that there's a great opportunity there. I, I've been very impressed with Torreira. Um, there's a stat I saw. He he won possession back twelve times against Spurs, and that sort of guile in the midfield is is probably something they've been missing before. Um, he he's still technically a very very good player, but he has that sort of uh, guile, you know, to win the win the ball back as well. I think that they've got as good a chance as ever to to, to achieve it, and um, yeah, I look forward to the rest of the season and another North London derby next year as well. One thing to note on this: the fans they've been trying it for a bit now, but we've got our Arsenal back. Is that a bit unfair on um, Arsene Wenger? Uh, you know, I said this last week and, and I didn't want to sound like a dick and I ended up sounding like a dick. But under Wenger, you cannot 
take anything away from what he did to that club because he made that club what it is. But the last few years, you feel like he was dragging them back. And now seeing what Emery's done in such a short space of time. But yes, but saying we've got our Arsenal back, what the Arsenal that Arsenal Wenger did give you, by the way, and the stature of the club and the finances of the club, I think, I think it is a bit unfair. Especially since before he came, it was boring 1-0 to the Arsenal football. Um, anyway, but I, I, I suppose I know what they mean. They're playing, they want their they're playing with back. some style again. OK, so, yeah, Vertonghen sent off. Do you think it was a bit of a risky move, bringing him back into the team so quickly after he got injured for such a massive game? Uh, possibly. Um, maybe an even bigger risk not subbing him off. Yeah. Uh, before, well, before he eventually tactically subbed himself off um, <laughs> in the 85th minute. Um, he possibly should have been off already at that stage. Um, yeah, it was maybe a bit too soon for him. But... Well, mate, he's got a break now. Red card, take a day off. Oh, lovely. Yeah, lovely yeah. break. Yeah. Busy, busy week, mm. as we mentioned, which we'll, uh, we'll get on to. Arsenal winning that one 4-2. Going over to another derby, the Merseyside one, and I'll put it out there. Have you ever seen a shitter goal win a football match? Ooh, uh, <laughs> no. Because I, I don't think I remember seeing any goal quite as bad as that. And what makes it worse is Pickford gave an interview to, I'm not sure which newspaper it was, but he said, I won't make a blunder like Alisson. And then did what he did in the 96th minute to hand Liverpool a win. Mm-hmm. Well, trouble is, I think you meant I won't make a bundle Alison Alisson, as in be arrogant with the ball. Yeah. As in that kind of... Because he couldn't, he couldn't say he wouldn't make any sort of error. Yeah, I will never concede again. <laughs> that wasn't due to his arrogance. That was sort of a goalkeeping accident, wasn't it? I mean, it was fucking baffling. I don't know how he did it. I, I was convinced it was out of bounds when he touched it. Yeah, he, he... I was sure it might actually not be a goal. It was that far I th- out, as in it was that far off the... It was almost off the pitch when he touches it. As you, as you said, so it's, it's probably a goal kick or something, isn't it? The thing I don't get is, because the ball... He palms the ball onto the bar. So the only thing I can assume is he's whacked his hands underneath the bar mm. through the net to tip the ball back onto yeah. the bar. There's a lot going on there. So a lot going on. I, but... I think I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to stop it hitting the bar because I think if it hits the bar, it's less predictable where the ball comes back into play. So he's yeah. trying he's he's trying to push it over so he knows it definitely isn't coming back into play, but ultimately pushes it onto the bar and that gives Origi the easy header in. Yeah, I, th- I think that, like, like what you just said, I think Pickford to a certain extent, in those situations doesn't relieve its chance because you see him on corners and free kicks. And when there's a through ball, he'll always go to the ball. Mm. And what I mean by that is, as he won't, he won't let the striker sort of run with the ball for a bit. He won't let someone get ahead on it. He tries to sort of dominate those situations by getting there and punching or coming out first. Um, and that's exactly what he's done there. He could have left it and see what happened, but he's he's made a sort of a positive move there. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely <laughs> it's hilarious. But I mean, gives Liverpool the win. 1-0. Did either of you watch the game? What what were your thoughts on it? Because it, it looked like Everton were were good value for that draw until until the 96th minute. Yeah, they'll, they'll be disappointed not to go with at least a couple of points. And it shows how far sort of Marco Silva's taken that team. That they can uh, you certainly wouldn't have said that last year under Aladici that they would be disappointed um with the Merseyside Derby draw. Um 
But yeah. Tom, what did, what did you think? Do you think Liverpool are as, as good as they say or people say they are for challenging City for the title? Um, so I think defensively they're they're very good. They're very. I think that's probably the one thing you've noticed change maybe in the last season or so that they've really improved defensively. Um, there's something not right with the front three. Um, they're not finding the net as easily as they did last season, and that was definitely true um, in the Champions League uh, last in the middle of last week. But it seemed to be a problem yesterday as well. And the fact that Divock Origi is scoring your winning goal. Uh, it's probably quite surprising, especially Sturridge was on the pitch as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, in in fairness, in fairness to Liverpool, I think this is the type of game that they probably expected to get a point. I mean, going into injury time, it didn't look much between them, and, and you probably were thinking about getting a point. But looking back later on in the season, getting this type of win can really, yeah, push you forward. But um, yeah, I just feel as soon as Liverpool make a mistake, Man City are going to pull away. So. Yeah, as long as they can keep in keep in close proximity to them, get these keep getting these wins up, and I think going into the Christmas period, if you can stay really close to them, then there may be a chance to slip up um, for Man City. So you can stay in and around that, that those those top two. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I still I still think I watched I watched City play on Sunday uh, on Saturday, sorry, and, and they were, in my opinion, that they're the best team. I think they're even better than last season. I think Liverpool will kick into gear though. I think it. I still get the feeling it will happen eventually. And with that front three, they were just so irresistible for the past well year, and you know Manny and um, Firmino for the past two years. It will start happening. And the thing is, they are still in touch and distance. And, but yeah. and I think they'll sort of start playing eventually. But the thing, and they, they still haven't lost yet, though. I think that's the key. They're not playing well, and they haven't lost in the league. Mm. Granted, they just lost against PSG, but even then, it was only two one. And like you said. What, what's different about this year is when they're not playing so well, they do have the defence to sort of mop it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Van Dijk and Gomez are sort of not, not, you don't want to say carrying the team at all, but they are making sure those, what, those games that would have been maybe 2-1, two, 2-1 one, two all, or one all last season, they're staying on the side of Liverpool, mm. um, which is key to them, you know, keeping tabs with City, because you don't see City having bad games in the same sense, really, do no. At the moment, do you? It's just clicking so well. And just, it's not for Liverpool, but at least they're sort of knocking the results out. They're going to have to knock the results out in the Champions League, though, because they've got one game, essentially, to get through, having to play Napoli, who are not a bad side. And win by two? Uh, yeah, they've got to get that two-goal swing. Does that potentially... I, I fancy a good old stink-up from Ancelotti there. It's <laughs> going He's having none of that, is he? He can shut that game down. Yeah, he'll play like six four zero, and he'll mm. uh, he'll just hold that game out. But if for all of the the greatness that Liverpool have had over the last year, getting to the Champions League final, playing some really good football under Klopp, does something like that? Do you think threaten to derail their season? It's hard to say because last year they were fighting it on all fronts, and they were just running off good feeling and energy, weren't they? Um, Maybe it did take him out more than we thought, um, especially off the back of keep talking about people's fitness after the World Cup. But to have a full Champions League season and then a lot of the players go off to the World Cup, that wouldn't have been easy. Um, but I, d- I don't know. Look, they're a top team. They should have the squad to be able to fight on all fronts, really, you would have thought. The fact is, are they too reliant on those front three? Are they, gonna, are they playing too many games in that combination? Well, I guess Divock Origi showed that he was kind of the forgotten man, but... 
found a stat that he's actually scored in all three of his home league appearances against Everton for Liverpool, which which shows super sub. Mm. He, mm. He's coming back. Tom, do you think that Klopp, especially now over the Christmas period with it getting busy, will be more likely to tinker with that front three and maybe give Origi, Sturridge and Shakiri more of a chance? I think it's desperate times if they're turning to Divock Origi. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's good that he scored, but I, I don't. Th- I think there's, he's forgotten for a reason at Liverpool. He's not consistent enough. He he reminds me a lot of um, Crystal Palace Benteke. Um, he he does miss a lot of chances. He's he's one of these players that he's got all the physical attributes to to be. Uh, well, he's he's not as big as Lukaku, but I, I think the, the comparison of the power and the pace, um, and he's he's obviously got a great great wealth of experience as well. But I, I just don't think he's good enough. Um, I, I don't think they'll be relying on Sturridge because I think he he may be. Well, I think he's got a. They, they, he's obviously going to trial at the moment for his um the breaches in the betting rules. So um I don't think they'll be relying on him. And I think it's been pushed back to February. But I imagine they'll probably try and feed someone else. Maybe Dominic Solanke into, into the sub sub bench to try and re- replace him as well. I think Shakir should. So I was about to say I, I haven't particularly impressed with the signings they made this summer. I don't think I thought Cater was going to be really really good. I don't think he's quite impressed me as much as I thought he would. Um, Fabinho was obviously slow to get into the team, but he's maybe getting there now. And Shakiri is Shakiri's good, but is Shakiri good because you know how cheap he was? Um, if if they if he'd cost us, I mean, sorry, Alan, but if if he'd cost as much as Felipe Anderson did, would maybe there be a, a, as much fanfare around his performances? Although I do acknowledge that Felipe Anderson has been playing very well. Thank you very much. No need to apologise, sir. <laughs> worth a cool sixty million now. <laughs> to yourself, are you going to? They're going to buy him off yourself for sixty. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll just, I'll just uh, handle the agents' fees. <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting for the inevitable Felipe Anderson moving to somewhere else and him getting the same treatment as Mem- uh, not Memphis to buy <laughs> Dimitri Payet. We're, we're talking about Liverpool here. We've sidetracked. We've sidetracked. No, I, I agree. Some of the signings haven't necessarily clicked. I, if if Origi though was going to be an important Liverpool player, I, I think he would have shown more promise. Yeah. And then a flapping goal due to a pick for error by now. And yeah, playing Sturridge, well, relying on Sturridge at this stage of the season would be a bit of a gamble. Hey? <laughs> hey? Just, just why? Hey? Huh? Why? It, it's the fact that you can't, see, <laughs> you can't see his face either. His face is so smug with that. Oh, well played. Well played. Uh, before we finish from this one, a uh, couple of things. Ryan, who isn't on the pod this evening because work is mounting up, said, uh, and I quote, I'm reading exactly what he says here. Uh, Can you make it clear that I would happily lose 4-2 to Arsenal every game from now on until I die rather than lose the way Everton did on Sunday? So that's, that's the word. <laughs> that's, that's lucky for him because he did lose 4-0. So that's... <laughs> Well, Very easy. Under Emery, it might be different. And uh, Tom, you mentioned pace and power of Origi. Got nothing on his manager, though. Do you see that run from the, the halfway line all the way to Allison? He's been charged by the FA. What, what do you boys think about that? Tom, do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think it's fair. I, I don't think um, any manager should be excused from it. I think, yeah, I think he, he's, he's very popular in the media because of the, the sort of the, the buzzwords and the one-liners he gives in, in interviews. But I do think if that was a different manager, then maybe the uh, the perspective might have been slightly different if it was a Jose um, you know, tearing onto the pitch to hug Nemanja Matic. But I think, uh, yeah, it's probably fair. But 
I guess it's the in in the moment maybe he couldn't control his emotions. Yeah, I think he does. He's got away with some stuff in the past. I think Klopp um, just you know there's the odd occasion where he's sort of sworn in an interview, but he has sort of apologised quite soon after. But sometimes other managers, if they're saying that in anger, and then they get charged, I'm not sure if the distinction is necessarily there. He's still sworn, and he's done this in jubilation. And um, yeah, no, it's right that he was charged because. There's there's a reason you can't go on the pitch. There's safety measures, etc. So, yeah, it's it's fair enough. I mean, he's apologised for it. I think he's accepted the charge, and yeah, he's... nothing too much to say about it, really. Right. Uh, after the break, we'll move on to Manchester United and Manchester City because there are woes for one of those teams and not woes for the other. See you in a bit. If you're an MMA fan, be sure to check out the new Switchkick podcast. We preview upcoming events, discuss the big UFC and Bellator news, and John from Philadelphia drops in to give us a few betting tips. To listen, search for Switchkick MMA on SoundCloud or Switchkick in the Apple Store. Right, welcome back from the break. As I said, lots of woes if you're on the red half of Manchester. And not woes. And not not woes. Or joy as the... Google Translate Manchester <laughs> and not joys. <laughs> joys are not joys for Manchester. Let's start with the not joys. Man United <laughs> draw two all with Southampton after being two goals behind. Just honestly, Tom, what what's happening? Just just sum up that game for me, please, because I watched it from behind a sofa. It's just so slow. Like it's. I think I I just can't understand what Mourinho must say to his players because two nil down is the first sort of point in time where they really looked like there was any effort in that team. Lukaku scores a really good goal, and then obviously they get they get the equaliser. But surely there's got to be that motivation to then kick on and think we can get that Samson team was there for the taking. The the defensive lines are, are awful in that Samson team. But it just then there's nothing happened for the rest of the game. It was truly atrocious. I mean, I felt sorry for Mark Hughes at the time because the celebrations after Suarez um, scored that free kick, which was really special. That I mean, I, at that point, I thought United may lose like three or four nil, and then to sort of it be two two at half time. You think this game's going to kick on the second half? It's going to be really tasty. It was so boring in the second half, and that's exactly what Mourinho wants. Boring and Mourinho seem to go hand in hand, especially with what's happening at Old Trafford and away from home. They just don't seem to be able to perform at all. It's just joyless. Or... There's, there's no sort of... <laughs> <laughs> Unworse. <laughs> I don't even mean that. Um, no, no, it's just joyless. There's no, it doesn't look like there's any passion there. It doesn't look like they're enjoying playing for him at all. And it's probably not a surprise if he's digging every player out every week. But there was just no passion. Like you said, they did until they go 2-0 down, they just don't look like they're pushing for a goal that much at all. It looks like they're waiting for something cap- to happen in the game. And more often than not, that means the other team scoring at the moment. The amount of times they're have, having to sort of dig themselves out of trouble and, and usually not due to any sort of big team spirit either. It's um, it's just a damp squib. This man, you at the moment, it's really disappointing. You're, I think you hit the nail on the head. The players don't want to play for him. And this is what I don't get. If the, the board and, and um, Woodward can obviously see that they don't want to play for him. So I, I don't I don't understand what you're waiting for. 
Uh, he's not going to turn it around. You're not, you're not going to win the league. You're probably at this rate not going to get the top four. You're drawing with probably the worst team in the Premier League at the moment in terms of form. I mean, what are they? Are they literally just waiting because they don't want to pay off a huge fee with his contract? I just don't understand what they. What what's going to change in the next six months? I well, first, I, they definitely shouldn't sack him unless they have a firm, firm manager to replace him because it's Mark Hughes not, shouldn't <laughs> maybe. God, but no, but I mean, Nick, you could. My God, if he walked into the boardroom and said, "Employ me," then I. would yeah, shit myself and give him the job. To um, <laughs> I thank God you're not yeah. CEO of any large corporation. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Mr. Hughes. Um, but no, we've got to have absolutely sure there's someone to replace him. And who replaces Jose Mourinho at the moment? Honestly, midway through a season. No, there's there's no appointment there that that would be right because the way United are playing, it doesn't. There's no real fix there, is there? You can't see a manager that's free at the moment that goes out there. I think there's, per- I think there's two. I mean, Conte. Okay, I thought you were going to say Sam Allardyce. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'd say, I mean, Conte replaced Jose last time and they won the league. Um, I think sure. I think this United team's in a worse shape than that Chelsea team was. But, mm. um, I mean, Zidane is out there. Uh, I think if you get Zidane, you have to spend a lot of money because I think used to managing superstars and, and obviously that, that, that sort of, you can't do that till January and I, I doubt you would do it in January anyway because of inflated prices but I mean I agree that you don't want to sack him without, without a, um, at least someone lined up but I, I would be surprised if they haven't at least began discussions with, with an, another party at this point because you've always got to have, have a preparation for this because what, what happens if Josie lost the next six games you're just going to be like oh shit let's just leave it or, or give it like I don't know whoever the under twenty ones manager is. Giggsy, yeah. I th- yeah, it's tough. I, I'm not sure if Zidane would want to come. I'm not sure he wants to come in and be a firefighter because I think he, that's what he did at Real Madrid essentially because mm-hmm. that was midway through the season, wasn't it? They replaced Rafa, but then he was a young, inexperienced manager, and Real Madrid came a calling. Yeah. Now he's the hottest property in management. Um, I mean. I bet France would probably fucking take him and sack the Champs, even though he's just like won them the World Cup. He's that that everyone wants him that much. So I, I mean, he, he might want to go to Manu in the summer, but there's, there's a gap between now and then. I tell so you, you've got to be absolutely sure. But is he going to want to come to Manu if there's no Champions League football? Fuck no, no. But for me, the, the fact is that we talk about Mourinho every single week, and we always talk about well, when's he going to go? Like that's that's what that's what amazes me is that. There is this continuous, no matter what the performances are, whether they get points or not, it's, you just don't, he just doesn't play an attractive style of what, in inverted commas, is Man, Man United football. Like, yeah. as a Man United fan, Dan, do you enjoy, even when he wins, do you enjoy watching those games? Because he, he sucks the life out of players. I mean, the, the Paul Pogba at the World Cup, the Alexis Sanchez that was at Arsenal. Like, where are those players gone? And by the way, the Southampton manager was sacked because he didn't manage to beat <laughs> true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, on the basis that he drew against Manu, he was deemed not good enough. <laughs> That's a sackable offence now yeah. in the league, not beating Manchester United. To be honest, to answer your question, n- not really. Do I like it when we win? Yes, I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say no. But the range of emotions that I've gone through watching recent... Let's take the Young Boys game as a classic. I've never been more angry at anything in my entire life. And when Fellaini scored, 
that wasn't a moment of happiness. It was just a moment of release. I've just gone, I don't, I just don't. It's so frustrating to, to see a club that I've supported play such good attacking football and then go through what was supposed to be a, a short turning point through David Moyes being sacked to then Louis van Gaal's philosophy to whatever the fuck Mourinho is doing at the moment. But saying that, and probably fair to say, Paul Popper did not have a good game. And I don't think that's, that was on Mourinho. He was trying flicks and tricks in places that he really shouldn't be losing the ball in areas. And there is at times where I do slightly feel sorry for Mourinho because sometimes the players don't dig him out. But that is very, very infrequently. Pogba has a few bad games every now and then. But then you look at Rashford. He basically single-handedly got United back into the game against Southampton. So I feel like it's Mourinho is setting up his teams or his team at the moment very poorly. And honestly, would not be surprised if even if he left, it took some of those players like the Sanchez's, like the Pogba's to really to change. Because I think it, it probably grinds you down as a player. Playing like the mm. way United are playing at the moment. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's just a merry ground of abuse for him as well. Yeah. Sort of started off with Shaw and then it was shifted to Valencia. Last week he dug out Martial and Rashford for being juvenile. Then he moves on to Pogba, probably justifiably. Um, Baye and Lindelof have cop flack publicly from both of them. Started another defensive midfielder at centre back. Uh, mental, mental. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, McTominay. I'm pretty sure he's he's caught some flack from Mourinho after a game, despite the fact he's just got into the team and he's being played as a centre back <laughs> instead of a centre. Midfielder, which is he, he actually is it's baffling. There isn't a player except for De Gea that he hasn't openly had a go at. Yeah, and that, that would be fucking outrageous <laughs> if he tried to. And, and De Gea obviously doesn't want to stay because he's not signing a new contract. I mean, it, it, yeah, like yeah, they've automatically they've, um, they've triggered his contract. Triggered his contract. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 you, you feel so. And you, the thing is, when you when you're watching them play and you see Lingard and Rashford. How dynamic do they look? I mean, I think I think Lingard has been so impressive in an England shirt over the last year that I mean, why can't he? Why can't Mourinho get that that, uh, that Lingard on the pitch at, at Old Trafford or on the road? I just, I just find it so surprising every single week. But I don't know. I'm bored. Yeah, yeah it's not. Me, yeah. In one positive for United, Lukaku scored for the first time in 981 minutes. <laughs> that that's a thing. Um, and, and Tom, I think, mentioned the Cedric Suarez free kick and his first ever free kick he's attempted as well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's the first ever free kick. 100th appearance in the Prem, first ever free kick he's taken. Tom, that was great. I mean, Tom and I looked like an absolute twat behind the wall. Did you see that? <laughs> 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 yeah. Is that why Rudy dug him out? Yeah, maybe. Had to be a good free kick as well because that wall yeah. was six foot three on average or something. Yeah. Wasn't it? yeah. Yeah. What monster team you have. Do you think he's trying to develop like a new system of football? And like, <laughs> and like he's, he, he's, he's seen all the success that Pep is getting by developing like obviously the Barcelona style of play and then bringing that to, to Bayern Munich and now Man City. Do you think he's thinking, I'm just going to have massive players and see, <laughs> and see how high we can keep the ball? <laughs> just what, he just turns into volleyball. Yeah. Just, ball's not allowed to touch the floor until the ball's in the back of the net. <laughs> It's just so, it's just so strange. But anyway, yeah, like you just get, you just get bored of it. You, you get bored of complaining of him, and I don't know. I, I, it's, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. And it's, I think, I think it does subtract something from the league when Man United aren't, aren't competitive. Alan, what, what do you? 
when Man United are a competitive force, I feel like there is there's something else that is added to the league. Oh, I, I think, it, yeah, it is a shame because the, the Premier League at the moment, maybe not on average, but the top six is brilliant at the moment. Top yeah. and go to Chelsea and spank them, then the next week get, you know, done over again by Arsenal. Um, you know, well, City are playing fabulous stuff, but even last year they get uh, they got done over by Liverpool in pretty outrageous style. You know, Chelsea are scoring a lot of goals. Arsenal are on the up. You know, it's finally, well, for a long time, well, first time in a while, it's you look at the top sort of five and think you could all have a shot of coming, maybe not top, but second. And man, you just have missed the fucking memo with this. <laughs> the, 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 all of the rest of the top five are playing brilliant stuff. And man, you are playing turgid football. And um, it'd be really nice for them to join the party, to be honest, because, yeah, a, a, a competitive Man U is good for a, a, a good Premier League. United are this year's Burnley. Negative one goal difference and in seventh spot. <laughs> and that's how we'll leave that one. Right, let's go from boredom of talking about Manchester United to probably some anger from Tom on the Manchester City-Bournemouth game. 3-1, it ended. Bournemouth had their chances, though. How, how did you find the game, Tom? Uh, I've never had a 3-1 defeat feel like we won a game before. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's really strange. We, we played pretty well. They are so good. Like They are so, so good. Sterling, I thought, second half was... I mean, he almost scored like a Messi-esque goal where he picked up at the halfway and just took on everybody. I think he hit the post. But if that team doesn't win the Premier League, I, I, I yeah, I don't know what they have to do because I, I, th- I think they're better than last season. I think it's, it's nice that they have some competition in Liverpool this year and and maybe in the grand scheme of things, Chelsea as well. But that team is just unbelievable. And I think we, that was probably one of the best performances we've had all season. And I don't really think we were that close to them at all. I think it's good good for Cam to get a goal. And at least the fans that did travel to Manchester for the match got to celebrate a bit. But I, I was convinced we always, well, we usually get beat quite comfortably by them for sort of three, four, five nil. So to at least score and not get completely battered is, is quite nice. My worry is, I think they're going through a blip. <laughs> oh God! Because of, of City, what did they draw? They draw two all with Leon, didn't they? Or yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. Um, last weekend against West Ham, I, I sort of echo what you're saying slightly because we had some brilliant chances. Even Pep Guardiola said at the end that West Ham probably had an equal amount. We we had a load of shots. Um, yeah. But we got rolled over four 0 Yeah. Um, Bournemouth played well in this match. Get rolled off three one. They might be going through their bad stage of the season. I know, yeah, it's devastating. <laughs> They've put a seven, well, seven one on aggregate between um, uh, uh, Bournemouth and and West Ham. It's genuinely worrying. Just yeah, even when they're bad, they are brilliant. And yeah. Sergio Aguero wasn't on the pitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing really more you can say because oh no, it's it's they're just gonna score goals. They defend incredibly well and. I think they've got the best goalkeeper in the Premier League who can distribute... I mean, I've never seen anyone hit passes like that, let, let, let alone be a goalkeeper. Like he's, he's, I think he's technically good enough to probably be a centre midfielder. Like He's so good with the ball at his feet. Um, it's one of those things as well. It's, when he kicks it, sort of like, it's not a long ball. It's no, yeah. a long pass. Yeah. Because he's not sort of hitting and hoping. It is a specifically targeted long yeah. pass sometimes, which is madness. Because I'm not sure how you even uh, control it to that level. It's amazing. Um, he's got an assist this season yeah. as well. 
Yeah, he, he's playing like Paul, Paul Scholes style switches of the ball. Yeah, from from goal kicks. The thing is, though, are we also numb to this at this point? That is, are they just going to be judged now on the Champions League form? Because it's we almost come to expect it in the league. If they run away with the Premier League again, is, is anyone going? Not, I mean, everyone's going to be very impressed. But are they impre- as impressed as they should be? If they don't perform in the Champions League, it's almost going to be thought of as a bit of a disappointment. Like Pep's time at Bayern yeah. was thought back on with a bit of perhaps negative feeling because although he walked away with the league three years in a row, he didn't, yeah. didn't, didn't do it in the Champions League. Do they need the Champions League, basically? Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, I can't wait for them to boot. Well, if they get to the final, Man City fans <laughs> booing the, uh, the Champions <laughs> League theme song still. Yeah. That, that team is easily good enough to win the Champions mm. League. And they haven't even had the Bruyne most this time. <laughs> and those players are going to get better. I mean, how old is Sane and Sterling? They're going to get better. Early 20s. It's just, it's scary. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it's great for the Premier League. I mean, as much as we moan about City and stuff, and uh, like, pe- pe- there's been a lot of arguments recently that, oh no, it's, it's sort of, um, I don't know, maybe childish or, or churlish to at least interpret the way they're winning is them buying their success. I mean, they've bought their success. Isn't it? They spent half a billion pounds on players. Like, if we're going to... if you, They play a great way of football, but it helps if you can buy the best players in the world. I, I, I can't see any other way around that. But they are going to really be an advert for the Premier League for probably a decade or at least as long as Pep stays there as well. You know what? It's just scary from both sides of Manchester for two very different reasons. And polar opposites, isn't it? Oh, true, yeah. Imagine, imagine being sorry in the summer, though, and think, getting off of the Chelsea job and thinking, oh, that'd be a good job. I have to really try challenge there. And then just watching Man City for like the last two years, thinking, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to win anything there. Like, how, how, can you, how can you be a foreign manager and think, I can compete with that team? The only hope you've got is Pep is when he, he leaves. Yeah, he seems to genuinely love it there, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, like, yeah, it's gutting. What I mean by that is, he normally sort of lasts three seasons, doesn't he? But mm. he doesn't look like the st- stressed, I need a sabbatical Pep Guardiola that there was a Bar- uh, uh, Bayern Munich or Barcelona, really. I wouldn't be stressed yeah. if I was funk- spanking teams 4-0 oh. and 3-1 and everyone, and everyone loves you. And everyone's yeah. praying yeah, yeah. you constantly. Surprised he doesn't go on a mad rampage. <laughs> uh, it completely distort me if everyone was praising me fucking constantly. The man knows how to keep his ego in check. Oh. That is fair to say. Right, that wraps up the Premier League review. A couple of tasty games coming up over the next couple of days. Man United Arsenal on the Wednesday. What What are your thoughts for that? Quick score prediction on on that one. Uh. Mm. Two all. Two all? Okay. You Arsenal to go team nil up and then. Yeah, yeah, United no to, doubt. No United doubt. Nice drag it back. Tom? I think. Uh, as, as much as I slate him, I just. I think he'll get a 1 0 but win. I think United will win that game. Why? I just, I, I've got, I've got no, no, no real form, no real. But just. It, when Sometimes when you look at him, it's absolute worst. He's, he's, his ability to grind out a game. Uh, grind out. You know the Juventus win. Mm. Like that, that that was one of those games it's like they should lose that game they should really get pumped and then there'll be, it'll be a sort of a, a statement to the rest of the league but um, I think I think they'll probably win I think they'll play exactly how they played at Samson and it'll get them a 1-0 win I hope so 
God, I <laughs> there's no more desperation in my voice than the Sunday. Um, elsewhere, City's free-flowing football goes to Watford. That's on the Tuesday. I'd assume that's another win yeah. for City with the way yeah. Watford are playing at the moment. Um, yep. and, and then an interesting one, Tottenham face Southampton. Only interesting in the fact that we know that Ralph Hasenhutl has, in principle, agreed a job at Southampton. Most likely and most definitely, he won't be in charge uh, for that game, but he might be there. Do you see Southampton doing anything to Spurs? Maybe Spurs having to mix things up after the North London derby? I see it being a two-all draw and Hasenhutl being sacked. <laughs> not be able to oversee a Tottenham win. No. Um, I don't, can you have a new manager bounce if he hasn't even been there? So Campbell just seems to do something. A non-fused bounce might be a thing. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, not having his voice around the training pitch might lift everyone's uh, spirits. Plenty more Premier League games coming out throughout the week. We'll have a Premier League review for you as well this week as well. Another mixed bag because there's obviously Premier League games at the weekend as well. Right before we finish our talking points as usual, has anyone got anything? They found from this week that they want to mention. Only that the draw for England, the uh... Holland. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, so England are playing Holland <laughs> next summer. Big game. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Done. So, <laughs> um, what, yeah, what do you think about that? Is that your preferable? Uh... You, you know what? Off, until after the draw, I didn't realise how rubbish everybody is. <laughs> like I was thinking, oh, it would be good to get Switzerland, but actually. I mean, Holland, I don't think... I mean, they, they did well to beat France in that last game and stuff, but they're not a great team. Um, and neither are Portugal. I mean, it's, it's just Ronaldo and everybody else. But It is in, yeah. it is in Portugal, though. That's true. Which That's might, true. might be a factor. Um, and, yeah, is Ronaldo going to come back for that? Is the other question. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, 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 no, Holland, it might be a false, false progress for them, really, because I, I, I realise they beat Germany, but... A, a Germany on well, maybe temporarily, but a pretty pretty sharp decline, and mm. and also a France squad that had just won the World Cup and looked a bit motivationally short. Um, and obviously they nicked the draw against France today, two all I believe mm. uh, in the second round that they played against them. So all this hype around Holland might be a bit exaggerated. Um, but you know, it's still, still, they're still on the rise compared to, you know, the, the team that failed to qualify for two major tournaments in a row. It's fair to say that that game won't take place till June, so there's a lot of football still yeah, yeah. to play. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there's still plenty of time for England to go back into the doldrums. <laughs> <laughs> they've got, they've got the best. I mean, they've probably got one of the best defenders in the world, and Virgil Van Dijk. But Croatia had uh, Dejan Lovren, and we, we bashed their boys, didn't we? So <laughs> at the third time of asking. <laughs> Too right we did. Too right. <laughs> in in the one game that didn't really matter. So I I got a theory that the um the the, the whatever there was a League of Nations. Is it League of Nations is that what it's called? <laughs> UEFA Nations League. Yeah, that's it. Nations League. Okay. So I I think we're going to do a Uruguay and we're going to win it really really early in the tournament's inception, <laughs> and then years down the line when it's actually a really competitive thing, we can look back and go, yeah, we won that. What? Not even bothered about it anymore. <laughs> oh. Uruguay did win the first World Cup when there was like four teams in it, though. They won the first two, I think. They won it twice. Yeah, they did. They did. League of Nations was the group of countries <laughs> formed after the war to prevent further wars from happening. Yeah, the pre-UN. Well, it didn't it? work very well. 
<laughs> I, I much prefer the Nations League. Paco Alcacer has broken the Bundesliga record for most goals scored from a substitute, and it's only December. He's it's mad. It's mad that he's still on the bench, scoring <laughs> <laughs> with such frequency. He's on the bench still. He's scoring every game. Is yeah, bloody bloody lovely. Oh, Jaden Sancho as well was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. There's there's a point in the game where he sort of takes the ball on has his back to two defenders, swivels both of them and knocks it past another. It's just a brilliant piece. Just shows he's got, he's got some proper arrogance at the moment, hasn't he? He, he, knows, <laughs> he knows he's playing well though. Oh yeah. yeah. It's only a confident player that takes on that sort of, uh, that sort of move. Mm. Uh, it just makes me excited for him for the future, really. How many years till he's back at City? Oh, mm. No, he I doesn't. Don't, I, I don't think he'll go back. I don't think City would buy him. Yeah, you know, City don't need another winger anyway. I think it might be a bit of a point for them to prove as well to not buy him back because he chose to leave. Mm. Stubborn Pep. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're not having you back. We're not having you back. Right, that brings an end to our Premier League review preview for this week. Thank you very much for listening, as always. Tom, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, Sol Campbell won another game. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your goodbye? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he was a prisoner. You're getting one of the best players in the world at one point, or whatever. What did he say? Yeah, one of the yeah, yeah, did yeah. It's one of the best minds in football. If this turns out to be true, that's be baffling. If he gets Macclesfield to the Premier League in the next couple of years, I'll be football manager stuff. Yeah, it's, oh, it's a it's proof we're in a simulation. If he gets Macclesfield to the Premier League, <laughs> yeah, that does seem like a random. It's like an auto-generate for 10 years of the future. Sol Campbell <laughs> takes over Macclesfield. <laughs> now, this game's fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> that clearly, clearly would never happen. For fuck's sake, why would you even bother coding that in? Tom, see you later. See you later. Alan, see you later. Foyt is innocent. <laughs> Until next week. Goodbye. <laughs>